1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: AXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Football recruiting continues to stay hot in state. Iowa State football with four commitments over the last couple of days, including Ohio offensive lineman Sam Renger. The three-star, 6'5", 285-pound Renger commits to ISU after taking visits the last couple of weeks to West Virginia and Iowa State. The Ohio native also had offers from Purdue, Cincinnati, Rutgers, and Virginia during the recruiting process. The Hawkeyes picked up two more commits yesterday. Defensive back Reginald Bracey from Mobile, Alabama, along with three-star defensive end Aaron Witt from Winona, Minnesota. Witt was previously committed to Minnesota and picked the Hawkeyes over offers from Iowa State, Minnesota, and Oregon State. In the Women's World Cup, it was a testy one for Team USA in the knockout round against Spain, but in the 76th minute, a penalty kick. A two-one win on the call from FS1. The US moves on to the quarterfinals on Friday against the host France. To baseball from yesterday, the Cubs knock off the Braves eight-three. Wilson Contreras, a heated home run.
1: Contreras to right. Marquez watches it go. A basket shot. Number 16 for Contreras. Carlos yeah.
0: Contreras now having some words here at home plate. Uh-huh. The call from NBC Sports Chicago. Game 2 tonight, 7.05 from Wrigley Field. Edward Elzele will make his first Major League start tonight for Chicago. In Yankee Stadium, the Yanks keep slugging home runs. Drill deep to right field. High enough. up. Yes! See ya! Home run, hits 3-2, Yankees. The call from the Yes Network. The Yankees have homer now in 27 straight games to match an MLB record. Stay up to date at 1460kxno.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460kxno.
2: Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460kxno. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: KXNO. Power number two on a Tuesday. Ross Peterson across from me today. Trent Condon on Miller and Condon KXNO. Ken in Vegas for two more days. He'll be back, I think, late Wednesday afternoon doing his work on that side of things with the horse racing. Ross, are you a horse racing fan? No, and Emery has brought me along. Yeah. a long way. Yes. he's
2: Ken used to try <laughs> but
0: Ken, I, it, was, it I, was too early in life. Ken outside. focused
2: his efforts more on hockey with me because okay. i right. I was just starting to get into the wild and and trying to learn hockey, which I'd never been around. So Ken was nice enough to sit with me for a few hours every day and I'd just annoy him. And he would just <laughs> kind of bring me up to date on why things happened and why I saw what I was seeing. Horse racing, I'd never had any interest in. And so I think he kind of avoided that. Emery's got a way of talking to idiots. Emery has a way of kind of dumbing things down. Ken, the knowledge gap between myself and Ken was so vast. Mm -hmm. Ken has zero interest in turning that machine around and trying to, (laughs) trying to bring somebody up. Uh, Just not him. Emery is in that gray area in between us. And he really kind of is good at grabbing me in and saying, here's why things are happening, here's what happened.
0: That's what he did with me last week. He was in on Thursday, and uh, there was some horse racing event happening in England, and instead of a one-day Kentucky Derby or Preakness-type event, it was five days at mm. this old track. Because He came in, he said, hey, did you flip on NBC Sports Network? I don't even know what channel it is. I said, I don't either here in the studio, but I went in here to our Master yeah. TV control list, and right. I found it, and it was a bunch of weirdos wearing top hats, yeah. along with, of course, what we see with the ladies and, and the funky hats for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Same thing. Over there, some old place, and same thing. Yeah, he kind of talked me through it and dumped it down enough that I could understand. Now, I know how to make a bet on it. I know how to lose money doing it, but I actually don't know the intricacies of the sport.
2: I'm one of these guys, like, and John Hernandez and I, I love John. Yeah. Another guy that is really good at talking you through the your your ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh John and I have had these these sorts of conversations a lot over the years about why they do things the way they do it. Sure. But I'm I man, you know, I'm not a guy that the hats thing is really weird to me. Yeah. It's and I don't mean it's I don't mean like, oh, I get it, weird. No, I don't get it. I don't understand how or why anybody would spend a lot of money on a big hat because you're supposed to. Ha. Huh. It doesn't, doesn't do it. it doesn't, I don't, can't wrap my head around it. So well, anyway.
0: Something we're going to try to wrap our mind around here this hour is the continued debate at the high school sports level. Ross, we've talked about our past experiences. I think most everybody that listens to KXNO knows you're an East guy. Anybody that's heard me now the last six months knows I'm an Osage guy. Proud of where I came from, where I grew up. I know it's the same for you. Yep. And I'm still deep into the high school sports. I think that... That sense of community is important for everybody. The athletes that we get to see that experience and seeing championships won and these guys moving on and playing at Iowa, Iowa State, I, Drake, whatever it may be, playing in the old Iowa Conference. I just I love to see the development of these young men and ladies as they make their way through and become college-age student-athletes. But with that, the gap has continued throughout the years and it's got to, I don't know what we want to say and... An epidemic type of level? Yeah. Ten years, a city school, one of the city metro schools, has not beaten a suburban school in football for ten years. Not one upset. Not one. Every bounce went their and, way. And it's
2: not lack of it's not lack of trying. Yes. We're talking about 90 games.
0: It is the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And it comes down to a factor for a lot of people that isn't part of the way that we divvy up the teams. And for... As long as there's been classes in sports and high school athletics, it has been depending on your enrollment. Well, there are other factors than just the amount of kids that go to your school, and that is something that started about a month ago with Dan Sabres, who is the head coach at Iowa City City High, a school district itself that demographically has changed from what it was when Coach Sabres started there 30 years ago. Their demographics have shifted, Mm -hmm. and it has to do with the background of families, Des Moines Public Schools as a whole is 75% free and reduced lunch. That means 70 per, 75% of the students there get free or reduced lunch because of the incomes that their family makes. My wife teaches on the South Side. Her school, which was once about 50%, is now over 92% of the population free and reduced. We are talking. This is not about want. This is not about kids not trying hard enough or putting in practice time or those types of things. It is the difference starting at the youth level, moving away up opportunities for these youngsters to have an opportunity to build, to grow, and to become these teams. By the time they get to the high school level, it's more than just all right. You got eight hundred kids in a class. You're going to be in this class. There's so much more that goes into this, Ross.
2: Dude, it's such a big conversation, Trent. We we tried to start this a little bit yesterday, and I'm going to continue it tonight. I think. Uh, with Mark Hanrahan. This youth sports conversation is really where this is going to boil down to. But first, we're talking about the high school thing mm-hmm. and how to try to figure this talent disparity out. Yeah, There's always two conversations. It's the world we want to live in and the world we live in. Mm-hmm. The, the world that I want to live in, we have zero connection between academics and athletics. There is no elementary school basketball league there's there's kids in elementary school that play basketball yeah but they don't you're not attached to you know carver elementary on a basketball team sure why do we do this at the high school level why do why are high school sports important because in my i think we should sever that connection completely between athletics and academics I understand there's an advantage. I understand there's there's pride. And there's mm-hmm. all these things that come with it. But I think in the world that we sh- that I want to live in, the, w- the way it should be, there shouldn't even be that connection. There shouldn't be a Dowling sports team and an East High sports team. They could be academic quiz bowl teams. They could be debate teams attached to those schools. But and we're never going to get to that world no, ever. No. So let's I like talk to about, always
0: live in about let's talk
2: about the world that we live in and yes. how to try to fix this and. There's, got to, there's no way to take these inner city schools and drastically change the socioeconomic status of that. And mm-hmm. I've had people, when we've had these conversations, reach out and they're like, dude, what does that mean? What's the, what's the general social status and economic status of your community? That that's kind of what that's what socioeconomics is. How not? It's not just about how much money everybody in your neighborhood makes, how much the homes are worth. That's a part of it. How much you make at your job, what your average income is. Those are parts of it. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a bigger picture look at what's happening in your
0: community. And Social issues also that come up. Absolutely right. Divorce rates, single parents, those types of things. This is all and. Now we're we're trying to put a finite number on this, which is going to be difficult in its own right, yep. and figuring that out. But that's what we're talking about when we bring up socioeconomic. So I think
2: the the idea of incorporating the free and reduced lunch number into mm-hmm. that—that's a—I think that's a start. It's a great place to, to kind of get into this because it's a really hard thing to figure out.
0: And it's something you can quantify.
2: That's it. There's an actual yeah. number there to say here's what the percentage of kids that are living at this line that we've drawn. There's no is. looping things around. There's not. And, there, and I wouldn't go. I don't know if I go that far. There is some political debate to be done about how these numbers are calculated, sure. what the incentives are for schools <laughs> to calculate these numbers the way they do. So that's a, again a different part of it. But world we're living in. Yes. This is the number that we have. I don't know what the right answer is for this. Chris Quayar is going to be on Fanatics with me, I think, sometime next week. Nice. And we're going, cause the, the Iowa High School Athletic Association, they're not even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But the Des Moines
0: School Board wants to have this conversation. That's right. It's a conversation that needs to be had. How? Will this, will this do anything? Will this change? I've had people say, well, what would the structure look like? Would it be, it's, I, I think at the level we're talking about most, and that's 4A, 4A sports. I mean, that's what I cover the most. It's a CIML. I mean, of a population. I don't got people from small towns all over, but just starting strictly there, you would have football classes of 24 teams. You'd have a 4A and maybe a 4B, and that is divvied up. You'd have your suburban schools here. You'd have your Bettendorf's and your Cedar Falls and your Iowa City West and your North, New North Liberty, Iowa City, what do they call it? Liberty. Iowa yeah. City Liberty. Yeah. Those schools, Linmar would be a part of that. And then you would have another division, call it 4B, of Des Moines Public Schools, of Waterloo East and West, Sioux City Schools. Tumwa. Tumwa. Those would be the schools then that would fall into that. And, you know, there'd be some fluctuation. There'd be some changing, in and, and there's always that flexibility there. And they would still play for a state championship. We might get Sioux City East against a Tumwa for a state championship at the 4B level or they move it down to their 3A, and it's 4A, and then we got a bunch of classes. Or it's 8A, and we bump it down that I think
2: way. And I think that's probably the way to go is you just call it 5A. Yeah. Uh, and and take those top-tier teams and move them up. Mm-hmm. Man, you are talking about 12, 14, 16-team leagues now. Right. Not 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 conferences. You might have 16 teams in a class Mm-hmm. In the state of Iowa.
0: More likely in 4A, it'd be 24. And it'd be, be 24 of each because there's 48. And to be honest,
2: Trent, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I would be, if it means restructuring the playoffs, mm-hmm. and so only four teams or eight
0: teams get into the playoffs in each class, I'm okay with that. Make it work. And but, that doesn't mean that Lincoln's never going to play Dowling again. I know they've had a long time rivalry with those two. You can still play in the regular season. Absolutely. Cedar Rapids Xavier plays 3A in pretty much everything. But they play in their big conference, and they play 4A schools all throughout the year. Every one of those schools is going
2: to want to play Valley and Dowling. Maybe not every year, but Mm -hmm. every other year. Mm -hmm. And you certainly won't want to be the team that wins the... You know, four B state title and never tested your medal against yes. a Dowling or a Valley, and you went fourteen and zero, but but you never you, got a you're shot. You're going to know. you everybody's going to know. You're yeah. going yes. to look around and go, "Well, yeah," but
0: we didn't even cross the river and that, strap them on against those guys. Imagine the pride that would be involved with the state championship for Des Moines Public School. You know, and just layoffs. Trent getting
2: to the playoffs yes. for these schools is a huge and deal. a chance
0: to actually win a game, not get there and be cannon fodder for Dowling or Valley or Southeast Polk. No, not that. To actually go there and have a chance to win, win games, and make it to the Unidome, the kids in the Des Moines public school system, not one has a realistic chance right now in the current structure of playing a football game in the Unidome. Not one. There's Unless they there's,
2: there's, there's exactly what I was just going to say, Rico Gafford. If, you know, that's and, how you do it. And, and, and I'm always trying to be careful here because I know the perception is because I'm an East Sider. If I bring up Dowling or a kid, Rico is a great example, a kid that mm-hmm. left East and went to Dowling, that I'm somehow against that decision. Way to go, kid. Yes. Way to go. You went look, he's in the NFL He's now. in the NFL. Yes. You're right. Yes. You made the right decision. Yeah. And I knew at that time, you're going to Dowling where, if so, at East High, you can be a superstar. Yep. And you're going to get a couple of college eyes that come and look at you. And hopefully you impress in front of those college eyes on the right day when they're watching you. If you go to Dowling, there's multiple college eyes on you every opportunity you go out there. So they've got, you've got a much better shot. You're, I mean, you're throwing a lot more darts at the board because you've always got these eyes on you, different levels of eyes that show up and go, man, that kid's got something that could help my team at the next level.
0: Got a tweet here from Adam McEldery, and he uh, says also, we talked earlier in the program about soccer. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about Premier League and things like that. Talked about that a little bit this week with the World Cup going on. I don't have a team, those types of things. But relegation. Yes. And and, and if we do see, let's just say Des Moines Lincoln, for example. Just throw them out. They have won three consecutive of this class title. Then you move up promotion and relegation. And then you keep the talent levels very similar. You don't have somebody then that have found the loophole, found the secret sauce and is dominating that level. They would move up. down. I think it's a great idea. We're out of time for this segment, though. We're going to talk baseball. You like
2: baseball. I love baseball. We're going to talk
0: MLB. Zach Reimer's going to join us coming up next from Bleacher Report. we got a lot more layers, though, to peel back of this skin, I think, at the high school level. And what possibly could happen here the next couple of years, Des Moines Public School, up on their website, is where you can find the full release and a lot of information on that. Quick timeout, back with more on the other side as we continue. Ross in for Ken today. It's Miller and Condon on...
2: It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night. You're on 1460 KXNO. Coasting through our number two
0: Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Ross Peterson in for Ken today. Emery Songer, he'll be back tomorrow. And then Ken back from vacation/slash work. He'll be back with us on Thursday. Ross, you're a Yankees fan as we change our conversation to a little baseball. How? Just this year, just became a Yankees fan. These last
2: twenty six games or so, it's been fun. <laughs> How it's been a fun run.
0: Did it happen? How did you Was it just they were no, good? No. Being a kid in Des Moines,
2: when, when we were growing up, they weren't good. No, they were. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily basement dweller. No, but the Orioles, the Blue Jays dominated that division, I, and, that, and that's why I also don't really have that hate for the Red Sox ah. because they weren't the team that pushed me around mm-hmm. I was a Don Mattingly fan he was the <laughs> when I Naughty was baseball. what six seven years old he's rookie of the year guys hitting 350 every I was a grew up in a baseball family mm-hmm. every story seemed to be about a Yankee so even in a house full of Cub fans and going down to Principal Park to our Sec Taylor Stadium to watch the Iowa Cubs every night I've gravitated towards the Yankees and i I accepted it. I wore a Yankees hat all through high school, and then the year I graduated was the year they won the World Series for the first time in my lifetime. That's a pretty good so breakthrough. It was, it, was, it was a nice breakthrough, and then of course they had the little run, and mm-hmm. I was considered a front runner, and a, <laughs> and all those horrible but things helped, that Yankee and, fans consider. It considered. helped
0: solidify kind of that fandom when it happened. Still, right. you know, during that period of your life, Zach Reimer, he joins us right now from Bleacher Report. Zach, who was your team growing up? What got you into baseball? Now. I know as, as a lead reporter at, at MLB for Bleacher Report, you don't have a rooting interest anymore, but what was the team that you grew up with?
1: Uh, well, I spent my childhood in Massachusetts, so put two and two together, uh-huh, probably uh-huh. a pretty obvious answer. <laughs> I got you, yeah.
2: <laughs> and you wonder how a kid in Iowa becomes a Yankee fan, right, Zach? Or do you? Do, can you accept my story there?
1: I'm surprised you weren't a Braves fan, actually, given that Everybody outside of Atlanta seemingly was at some point or another in the last couple decades. We have a lot in
0: our demographic. A lot of people of our age range are are certainly that case. Cubs nationally have that because of WGN. Now they didn't have the success for our era of people that that certainly the Braves did during that time. And I'm a Twins fan. 1987, as a 7-year-old, solidified at my first Major League game at the Metrodome and then World Series. It just, that's the way that it happens. Fandom, especially at the professional level, Winning has a whole lot to do with it. Well, speaking of those Yankees, they're doing a whole lot of winning and swatting home runs at a historic pace. 27 straight games now with home runs. Zach, if you can, give us some context here. It's kind of one of those goofy baseball numbers in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but your takeaway as they go tonight to try to break the MLB record consecutive games with a home run.
1: Uh, you know, I think you're right. In the grand context of things, like it's, it's an interesting tidbit now, but we're going to put it after it ends in like a week. Um, but right now, it's ultimately reflective of what this team is, even amid all the injuries they've suffered this year. I mean, it is a team that is built to hit the ball out of the ballpark. They it obviously at a record pace last year, so even when you take away guys like a Giancarlo Stanton or an Aaron Judge for extended amount of time, you still have quite a bit of home run power left on that team. Now you see those guys are getting healthy. D.D. Gregorius also just came back. It seems like the home runs would, you know, flying out right now is kind of like the logical end point of where the Yankees were headed this season. So here they are.
2: So they can hit the ball, Zach, and they've certainly got the lineup to make a playoff run. As a Yankees fan, I do worry about this pitching. This doesn't look like a rotation or even maybe a bullpen that is is designed to make that deep playoff run and and win a World Series. Am I missing something?
1: Uh, I would deviate a little bit from uh, that opinion on the bullpen because Chapman's been really good. Ottavino's been really good. Tommy Canley has a really high strikeout rate. He's generally been good. Zach Britton's still getting ground balls. It's much more than just a functional bullpen, especially given how many bullpens have struggled outside of New York this year. It's actually one of the better ones going right now. And I still think that as long as those guys get to October healthy and maybe with Adele and Batansis in the mix as well, it's still going to be the kind of bullpen they've had for the last couple of years, which is capable of shortening games where they only need like five or six innings under their starters and shutting down opponents in the high leverage innings. But um, I would definitely feel comfortable if they did have another, dominant starter, especially after Masahiro Tanaka, who's been quietly solid as you know nails this season. So uh, I guess that explains the rumblings about them uh, searching for starters on the trade market.
0: Makes a lot of sense and trying to build up that rotation. Playoff baseball, we saw what they did at the Astros, saw just the, the back and forth that can happen there. The way baseball is built, you can build a great regular season team, but how different in your mind when you get to the postseason, the number of relievers that you have, how much you're in expecting or anticipating out of your starter how much of a different game is it when we get to october and playoff time
1: it's so different that it's it's almost like a different game entirely how it's not it, it almost feels like you're not even they're not even playing one game at a time it really does feel like they're taking it literally one matchup at a time now when we get to october the game slows down. I mean, starters can exit after you know a bad inning because there's just the risk aversion is that high in October. Uh, you know whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. I it bothers me how much it slows the game down and how it just seems like every choice that managers managers have to make is so deliberate and so calculated that it's just like it feels like they're no longer playing baseball. It feels more like an actual chess match being played in real time. Uh, I don't know if there's a solution for it or if this is just where the game is at right now. So uh, the only thing I can say say is, hey, when we get to around October, prepare for things to get a little weird. Hmm.
2: Zach, I'm not sure if you've followed this story from the the New York Post regarding the Mets and their front office making apparently in-game moves from the front office. The, The Mets recently have seemed like, baseball's version of the lakers or something they they can't get out of their own way what's happening with the mets
1: well either baseball's version of the lakers or baseball's version of the mets
2: yeah, that's a good way to put it yeah
1: yeah i mean this is it's almost like it's almost like somebody is writing this as like a, a bad kind of like goofball comedy how they've been run this year and for much of the last I don't know, decade, even going back further than that. I mean, I just shrug my shoulders. And I'm like, you know, this this seems to be a pattern here. No matter who's the manager, no matter who's the general manager, there's just this constant kind of boobery uh, going on with the Mets. And it really kind of – you, you kind of point your eyes to the top of the organization. Well, I mean, the Wilpons are running the show here, and if these are the, the way things are working under their their, their ownership – I mean, maybe they're the problem, or maybe not even maybe. Maybe they're definitely the problem.
0: Just a couple minutes left with Zach Reimer joining us from Bleacher Report. Zach, to the Cubs, the uh, biggest team in our market here, AAA affiliate with the Des Moines and uh, over at Principal Park. Your thoughts on this team? Last night, Wilson Contreras in the middle of it, and he just seems to be a guy that likes to, likes to be in the middle. He, he always has something to say seemingly each and every game. This Cubs team, as a general, your thoughts on Contreras as we go forward at the midpoint of the year?
1: Uh, Contreras is one of these guys. I think he's a very 2019 kind of player, where he's he's good, and he doesn't mind kind of wearing that he's good on his sleeve. It's something that he would not have gotten away with. I mean, even as recently as five or even three years ago. Now it's kind of like when you see outbursts like like Tyler Flowers had last night. It's almost like he's the villain in this situation. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Wilson Contreras can can do his thing. He can do what he does. He's having a great season. He should be. He should do what he whatever he wants. As for the Cubs, I mean, it's been I don't even know about a tale of two seasons. It's been like a tale of three seasons. Yeah, that really kind of poor start, then that really hot stretch where nobody could beat them, and then it kind of leveled off again. I'm still wondering if, if in the long run this team is going to rally around their this uh, this explosive lineup that they have. Pretty good starting pitching, and once Craig Kimball arrives, maybe a pretty good bullpen. Uh, definitely a pretty strong chance to win the NL Central, although I don't think the Brewers or the Cardinals are going to let them get away with it too easily.
0: Zach, what are you working on right now over at Bleacher Report? I know your latest to the trade deadline just over a month away, talking about some prospects that might be out there. What's next at Bleacher Report?
1: Uh, yeah, had the prospects piece go live today. Uh, I'm working on a column about Gary Sanchez for tomorrow. Mm, Ross, be looking for that. He
0: likes <laughs> that one. Thanks as always for your time, Zach. We'll talk again soon.
1: My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye, Zach.
0: Zach Reimer joining us here. Oh, really one of those good young baseball minds. Mm-hmm. I, I always find him very interesting. And you know, the funny thing is, when we have Zach on, his pacing is always a little bit different. And I should have reminded you beforehand, he. He has an extra beat before he gets going. And I, I like that at times. You can tell he's really trying to get something thoughtful. Not just talking there. He's thinking. He's thinking. Murph uh, does that. Have you noticed that? I have,
2: yeah. yes. Murph has, and, and Williams do the same thing. Kind of puts these pauses in.
0: Three seconds. <laughs> Andrew Downs loves that. <laughs> We're coming back. We're going to put a cap on things as we continue. Taking you up until noon, Miller and Con and Ross in for Ken on KXNO. Number one for podcasts. All right, back with you one final time as we continue. Miller and Condon got Petey in with me today, Ross Peterson. Ross, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us today.
2: I am glad you asked me to come in and do this, Trent. And I I love that uh, you've picked up on Ken calling me Petey. Yeah. And uh, and and gone with that as a nickname. Because people ask me all the time if I have a nickname, and I, I have like a thousand. I have <laughs> Ross, Roscoe, Pete, Petey. There's a lot of variations of those things. Rossi? Right? Sure. Yeah. i you know I had a cousin named Heath and we called him Heifer and so he uh-huh. thought that was horrible so he would call everybody like Rossi uh-huh. and that stuck with me for a little while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of them. Never. No. None of them offensive. Didn't my, have any uh, of them that I hated. My daughter is at uh, day camp over in West Des Moines yeah. this week as my wife has to though she's a teacher she has to do a lot of other things so we uh, couldn't find daycare for the week so I right, put her in camp get over there and her first day yesterday crying as I left. Yeah today ran right off of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. see dad get out of here yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: right you're perfect that's the way it should be right means but you're fun. Uh,
0: she had mentioned a few different times throughout the morning even though i made her a big breakfast yesterday morning and she was hungry to the camp counselors and again and again and again her nickname when she shows up this morning hungry oh, okay hey uh, hungry thinking maybe snacks yeah yeah we have a buddy who uh, calls his
2: son snacks because uh-huh. he's Snacks all the time, all the time. Yeah, but he's a skinny little kid. Yeah. he's not. He doesn't gain weight. But anyway, yeah. nicknames are funny. Do you have any?
0: Trent. Trent doesn't. TC. Yeah. TC's it. TJ. My middle name's Joseph. So, that was there for a while. I don't uh, tell anybody this, but my middle name's Arthur. Arthur. Ross Arthur Peterson. Rap. Oh, nice.
2: Right. I love. I love video games. Yeah, but in arcade. Was, oh yes. man. Yeah, yeah.
0: But my biggest one and one that stuck and still sticks to this day, it was Trener Bug. Trent or Bug That's what my grandpa called me Trent or oh, Bug Okay yeah yeah those, are, those things have a
2: way Like the family nicknames That have You know the peanut yeah. Pickles yeah. Things yeah. like that They have a way of, of, of Hanging around too And right. I made the mistake
0: huh. Huh. Of third, fourth grade We're going around First day of school And our teacher asked Do you have any nicknames Now it's more For the Michaels Is it Mike Yep yeah. Or the Jonathans Is it John Yeah Gets to me Oh yeah You can call me Trent or Bug
2: Trent or Bug
0: yeah, that I one. like that though. Didn't stay with the teacher, but still friends from my class. Still, yeah. many people from most age they'll call me bug, but they'll know that's a that's a term of endearment.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah, no, nothing, no negative commenta- connotations, but yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe people will pick up with they year. will be. I it, the nickname thing was never something I found offensive, but I never
2: yeah. had a bad one. Like I said, like, you know, yeah. if if the people would have called me Goofy or yeah. something like that, I'd been like, huh?
0: What if they're trying Not to tell right, me yeah. something? I don't think Ella, she I don't think she enjoyed being called hungry. Like, oh, Stinky Pete.
2: Don't don't invite yeah, Stinky Pete life. to the pool party. Like, don't like that.
0: I wonder why my friends call me Stinky Pete. Half of the shower. All <laughs> right. See if it changes anytime <laughs> soon. Well, all right. Yesterday afternoon we had Women's World Cup. They hold on. No day baseball today, Tuesday. That means everything is in the evening. So I know you got all-star action tonight with the little man.
2: Yeah, this is uh uh last night big win for the Raccoon Valley Little League 9U nice. All-Stars. That's a long name to rattle off. <laughs> that, that is. Yeah, and uh a, a one-run win over Indianola. Nice. Really fun game to to be at. So, tonight it's Grandview. Oh, that's
0: a step up. Good luck to the boys. Yes. At least in normal seasons that's a big step up. I called Grandview last year in the Little League Iowa Championship against a team yeah. from Sioux City. Right. I There's have
2: I, I have almost a literal PTSD from <laughs> playing against Grandview as an 11- and 12-year-old. And uh, the most obnoxious human beings I'd ever met in my life were this, mm-hmm. the Rourke family. Uh, Scott's now my best friend, and his mom is my son's godmother. Okay. But at the time, I despised these people ah. because Scott was really good at baseball, mm-hmm. and he let you know it oh okay and when you showed up to play grandview the moms would wear were were carrying cowbells Mm -hmm. and all the kids had their own walk-up music
1: wow they would
2: they had like tape players That was a big deal in the 90s in the in 1990 yeah that was unheard of yes yeah you hated these people right and then i got to know them and fell in love with them and they're some of the most wonderful people on god's planet but at the time, well, of course. So now, you know, I'm taking my nine year old over there tonight, and I'm like,
1: oh
2: oh, 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 I remember. And of course, part of that story is because I was telling some of the people, I was like, they could see it on my face. Like, mm-hmm. you look like, you look like you're about to get sick. I said, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't go well. didn't go well over there. Like, oh, you lost the game. I sold more than that. <laughs> lost <some laughs> more pride.
1: Than, lost a lot.
2: I yeah, got a way of doing that. It, they, what Grandview does is amazing. They are a, It's a fantastic organization. Mm-hmm. To do that year over year, Trent, we had Jim Byers was in with me yesterday, a guy from Pleasant Hill Little League, and we were talking a lot more about that sportsmanship side of Little League because there's a right way and a wrong way sure. from the top down to do this in, in leagues. And the it, there's also a way to do that with talent. Like, yeah. there's a sportsmanship hierarchy, there's a talent hierarchy, and Grandview has nailed for decades now, they have nailed getting the right guys in the right place to teach these kids the right skills from a very young age. Right. And that's really hard. I'm a guy that, when I'm around a little league, I'm good with the kids that are like five, six, seven, mm-hmm. okay? Because I'm a, way to go, good job, everybody, let's have fun. You've got to have somebody that can turn that switch. Right. And at about seven, eight, nine, and with each kid, it's different. With yeah. some kids, it's 11, 12, 13. You see it in the kid. The some eyes, it's 4 or 5.
0: It is, right. You yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
2: You see it in their eyes. You see it in the way they attack the ball. You see it in the way they swing the bat. And you go, okay, this is where you are now. Let's put you here and, and try to teach you these skills. I don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I played JV baseball at East High School. I think my JV coach didn't even play baseball. OK, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I didn't get great instruction. Like, I can't teach my son fantastic things about where his arm should be in the throwing process. I don't know how to get that reverse spin rate. Exactly. I don't even know what that is. And I've played <laughs> baseball my whole life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I told Casey Blake this a long time ago, uh, a couple years ago. I had a chance to meet Casey and sit down with him. And I love that guy. And everybody that meets him says the same thing about Casey. I tried, to, I told him at the time, you, what you and Pete and the, the, your, the Blake family should be doing is bringing in all of the coaches, all of the little league presidents and little league coaches for a hundred bucks a day. Come down to our, our camp here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to teach you the skills that you should be teaching your kids.
0: Yeah. Because and it gets lost.
2: It does. It Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't, I can't, I can't impart any of that wisdom to my kids. A lot of the dads around me can't. Now, I'm I'm lucky that I've surrounded myself with some dads that have great connections and have great abilities, mm-hmm. um, and I'm smart enough to step back and say I'm done. Yeah, I can't. My my rah rah hooray everybody's a winner is not helping my kid anymore. Sure. And in a way, when we get done, and I'm still there to go, hey, good job, buddy. Yeah. I see that confidence build in him, but. I, you got to have somebody that can kind of turn that switch. Grandview has done a brilliant job. I don't know how. I really don't because even being a part of Little Leagues for years, catching lightning in a bottle happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pleasant Hill Little League had Malik Ziegler, yes. a, a Twins kid. Yep, I watched that kid play uh, play baseball when he was eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, you catch that lightning in a bottle. And by the way. Speaking of lightning in a bottle, Carlos James was a coach mm-hmm. over there at the time, a guy that's got all of that next-level wisdom he can impart. So you had this perfect mixture of really talented kid, really talented coach, a league that let them blossom, and boom, it all it all happens for them. Grandview, to be able to do it year after year after year, it's just incredible. Urbandale was like that for a long oh, time. Oh, absolutely, And I think yeah. still, you know... Things have changed in the, in the, the socioeconomic status of their league boundaries. Sure. But that league still does a dynamic job of turning out really good teams all the time.
0: Johnston's there. And it's funny what the level that I see him at at the high school level. And you see that come to fruition. And, and that TV talked about at East was Eagler and, and that great group that came through Carmichael, Enoch, a
2: that, bunch of great kids that too. grew up together,
0: Yeah, right. played together and played the game the right way. And they were awesome to watch. Johnston, that youth program all the way up to the high school level. And there's a reason pretty much on a yearly basis now that Johnston is number one. Saw Peyton Williams last night, he is a stud. He's on his way to the University of Iowa. They got three kids committed to play baseball at Iowa on that squad. They're really good, really talented. They're not afraid to play young kids. That's something right. that happened. Urbandale winning the state championship last year, a group that grew up together. So you see it come to fruition at the level that I see them at, which is a lot of fun, too. Baseball's great. The one you're going to see, Southeast Polk it,
2: mm-hmm. has been left out of this conversation, and I'm not sure why. Because we that's, they have dominated a youth program. They, they mm-hmm. built a youth program a couple years ago and said, we're going to start teaching these kids that have that fire, that want this from a very early age. Chris Cuellar is going to come in with me, I think next week, maybe even this week, and we're going to talk about the reclassification thing. Sure, that's happening. Yes. Uh, Chris, of course, with the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Um, this is the athletic disparity that's happening. Is mm-hmm. it's because of youth sports? Yeah, the, these kids are at the suburban schools are able to for whatever reason for financial reasons because of mom and dad because the system is in their backyard it's being promoted at their local elementary school absolutely uh they're getting advantages mm-hmm. that the city schools just don't have right now and i'm not sure it really could ever build in any similar fashion so it's it's a big conversation man
0: it is it's an apples and oranges conversation a lot of different ways we we talked about it a little bit earlier today so it's i think a conversation that is going to certainly generate a lot of discussion this summer, and, and that's what needs to happen. I think it needs to happen at the kind of gr- grassroots level and all the way up because, yes, you can say, well, isn't it just supposed to be a learning opportunity? It is, but if you ever play football and you're getting your head beat in, game in and game out, you really want to stay out for that? Is, is it worth it to go 0-9, to go 1-8, and and go out and get beat by Valley, 56 nothing, Dowling throttles you, I mean, 70 nothing to half? Is that fun? Is that really learning anything there? What are you learning in that game?
2: you wonder why you look up on the stands on Friday nights and it's mm-hmm. you know I mean we've all seen Civic with, pride. we've all seen it with Hoover and North, I think Lincoln Roosevelt and the East have all been through their cycles with it when the team is losing and I mean, and I don't mean having a bad season. I mean five years yes. with a couple of wins, you can look in the stands and find almost almost parent to kid one to one ratio. Yeah. There's nobody at these games because there's just no pride in yes. going there to watch your team get throttled. And week the people in
0: and week out. want to have that pride. Yeah, absolutely. Look at North and the support that they've had in basketball the last few absolutely. years. Absolutely. That East baseball team. I remember going out there and it was wall to wall, not in the stands because there wasn't that much room in the stands, people standing up and down each side of the foul line watching the baseball game because that was a great East. That's when I met you because yes. I used to come and hide in the press box. Yes.
2: Behind and I took you your spot. Because there was nobody, <laughs> there was the one place I could stand. It was great. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that is important. And then you start to build that back. And, you know, look at Lincoln, how good that football program was yeah. here, what, 10, 12 years ago when they had Jordan Bernstein and that group coming through, Adam Robinson, how good mm. they were. And they were a yearly basis leading up to that. And then, I took a step back, and now go out to a Lincoln game on a Friday night and see how many people are there. That number has diminished so much just because you're not winning, yeah. and you don't have a chance to win, and you don't feel confident, and you don't feel good about your school and your alma mater and all those different things. So it's it's mm. an interesting area, no doubt. So, Ross, uh, before we get out of here, you're famously a Yankees fan. Yes, I am. So you get home tonight, and they're still on. Do you flip it on? Do you have the Yes Network? Do you Direct DirecTV and the, and the MLB pack? Uh, I have.
2: I've have cut cut the cord a long time ago. Okay. So I've figured out the streaming uh-huh. options, um, in my life. So you go to
0: Reddit slash MLB, uh, streams. There are ways around the system. Let's just
2: say that. As you well know, my man.
0: Make are, sure you got that antivirus <laughs> up to date, but you can get there.
2: You can find it. Yeah. Really. And right now, I, I do Hulu live. Okay. And I would say I've had, 35 40 Yankee wow. games available to that's me on really that good. so that that will be the first thing I'll try when I get home tonight yep. is just to see if that's there will have been recorded we can start it from the beginning mm-hmm. but I am too much of a uh like adD well, I don't know what the right word is for it I can't I don't have the attention span to know that the game is in the seventh inning yes and I'm watching the first inning yeah. I can't do it mm-hmm. so I'm I will pull up Twitter and maybe I'll see what the score is and if it's a blowout game I'll just you know, maybe
0: fast forward through and go, man, how'd it get to be 12 to 5? You're right.
2: Yeah. Something like
0: that. Probably but another I, home run for the Yankees if that's it, the case. Probably. 27 in a row, 27 in, games straight with a homer.
2: Trent, this is the weird thing. There are legitimately guys on this lineup from, I would say, two or three nights a week. I don't know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glaber Torres, I've been following for a yeah. while because he came up through the Cubs. You got a lot of dudes on here that are have names, but, but some of these guys, I'm like, who? Who are these
0: dudes and that are these coming guys up? have come up and produced? And that's a ridiculous thing. And now that they're getting healthy and Judge and Stanton are back, it is it's scary. Am I uh, so I I got
2: fooled with Shane Spencer. Remember okay, him? yes, yes. Because yes. Shane Spencer looked like He-Man. And he came in the first month. He was ah, great. Great. Yeah. Right. The guy sucked. He didn't suck. But for major league standards, he yes. was not as good as I'd hoped he would be. Is Luke Voigt because I see I'm 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 caught in this Shane Spencer time warp with him. Yeah, I yeah. look at this guy and I go well, he's of course he's a great baseball player. Look at him; he's blonde-haired, blue-eyed. He's built like a outhouse,
0: you know. <laughs> is, is he? Am I getting sold here? By, uh,
2: I, I once don't the know. book when is I,
0: out. When I watch him, I kind of look at the body type, and I'm like, eh, I'm not sure. You know, I'm just I'm not sure. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. I mean, judge you're sure now he can stay healthy because we don't see many hulking six foot eight guys you, in baseball, and you don't see a lot of six foot eight dudes that are able to stay healthy
2: for a yes. very long time.
0: So that's a scary part of that. But you got your Yankees. I'll be watching the Twins tonight. Cubs, I am really interested in the Cubs tonight, and that's probably where the most of my attention. I just want to see Alzale getting his first career start tonight against the Braves, the histrionics from yesterday, the jawing that Wilson Contreras... Boy, he seems to be in the middle of a lot of stuff. Yeah, man, that, I'm surprised by this. That's not what
2: I thought Wilson Contreras was, and he obviously this is this is who Wilson Contreras mm-hmm. is. I mean, the the stuff about Molina, remember that it was yeah, two yeah. years ago, and I don't even think he was sliding Molina. I think he was just trying to give himself that little boost. Yeah. But you don't say that stuff, right? You right. don't come out and say the one of the greats in the game right now. Yeah, well, I'm better than that guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in that, but at the same time, I think if you're a Cubs fan, this is kind of what you're, you've signed up for. You know, you're the pajama parties, the the hobbies, the there's some attitude here. There you is, know? Yeah, and yeah. and you've signed up for it now. Mm-hmm. So this is your team. Embrace it. Yeah. I I I'm honestly, Trent, of all of what you just said there, the one th- even with the Yankee thing, the thing that gives me the tingle is your is your twins. Yeah. That is, I hope that well. First of all, that division's falling apart around them. It's not a good division anyway. So it looks like they're going to be a
0: playoff team. Should be though. The Indians have crept back within yeah. eight. Have they really? And I'm start. That. I mean, you start to get yeah. that worried. I, History starts. To you know creep my degenerate nature. I took a look at the division odds and, <laughs> and the Cardinal or the Indians, excuse me, are now ten to one. And I'm like, you know, it might be worth a taste. And if the Twins do fall apart, at least I can make a little money on it kind of betting against my team to set up one positive outcome of it. Yep. I, you I, heard of people that do that? Well, you
2: have a more optimistic approach to gambling. <laughs> and I think this is why I like talking to you, because you actually you don't give me that degenerate vibe like uh-huh. Williams does. Yeah. You know? Williams is like, oh, I'm going to yeah, Louisiana Tech and Lafayette. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. No, you're, you are really looking for the, okay, I, if my twins fall apart, and if they lose an eight-game lead, how can I get some sort of smile on my face? Yeah. I know how. The bank. Yes.
0: Yes. good. Uh, build that bankroll.
2: Trent, you're, that, you might be able to convince me to throw $5 at something someday. <laughs> we'll, like we'll have it.
0: some fun. Legalize wagering right around the corner here at our five <laughs> Oh, state. laws
2: never stood in my way. Well, yeah,
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> we can do it right now. We can go set up an account. I can show you how. No, no, no. We're not doing that on company time. Not going to be doing that. We're out of here for today. <laughs> One more day without Ken. He will be back on Thursday for the program and the rest of the week. Ross, thanks so much Thank for joining Thank you, Trent. This is
2: a lot of fun, man.
0: You can hear Ross each and every weekday starting at 4 o'clock with the Sports Fanatics. That will lead you into Cardinals baseball here tonight on 1460 KXNO.